You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Make sure you check out the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe. Visit them for great food, great drinks, awesome atmosphere, and the Senators shuttle to and from the CTC for only $17. That is the Glebe Central Pub. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller wrapping up a 3-1 Senators loss in Edmonton to the Oilers in this game. It didn't fall apart until late, but when it did, it certainly did with a thud. Pillsy, as we always start, how did this one kind of unravel in your eyes? This was just such a uninspired effort, Ross. Like It didn't feel like the Sens were at any point thriving in this game or building any momentum. It just seemed like the Sens were simply surviving, even when the Sens miraculously make it a 2-1 game after it's called no goal on the ice. Wrong call, clearly. Good job by the Sens challenging it because there's no goal interference on that play whatsoever, really. Good goal on Parker Kelly. It's 2-1. Even at that point, I'm not thinking that there's a chance here. And Zach Hyman puts it away shortly after a hat-trick goal to make it 3-1. And not just uninspiring Ross that that's the kind of phrase or word I would use best to describe this game is an uninspired effort by the Ottawa Senators so last game they get a five on three early on that they can set the tone tonight it was a four minute power play where they had zero grade a chances they had no zone possession in the first minute and a half of it at all the second unit was the only one that could snap it around the first unit is just Complete, unmitigated disaster. The mishandling of the puck from Josh Norris and Thomas Shabbat, most notably in that third period power play, was just embarrassing for guys who are making $8 million a year. It is so broken right now for the Ottawa Senators. I tweeted out, I haven't seen Brady Kachuk play that uninspired in his entire career in Ottawa. There were three plays in the third period where he dumped the puck into nobody and then didn't even go chase it. It was just like, oh, well. And as I tweet that out, he makes a great net drive that ultimately results in the Parker Kelly goal. Parker Kelly, the best player on the Ottawa Senators tonight, and it wasn't even close. And as I tweeted out at Sen Central, that's great for Parker Kelly, and it's not so good for the Ottawa Senators' chances of winning a hockey game. Yeah, it's it's not what you want to see. I would argue Anton Forsberg was pretty close to Parker Kelly's performance, but... Then you look at the game winner. Absolute stinker. I mean, it's on a power play. No one's covering Hyman there. No, no, no. The second goal of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, true. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the final goal. Yeah, that one's... That's not great. Yeah. No, and again, when Forsberg gets... trickled through. When he gets more shots, usually he's a better goalie. And we'll get into each one of the goals because this one... There's been performances throughout this stretch right now. There's six wins in 20 games since getting back from Sweden. Like, that's what they're at right now. It's as bad as when they got back from Sweden in 2017. Like, they are yeah, rock bottom. It's crazy how bottom. this has happened again. They, they've got their scuba gear on. They're going to the depths of the bottom of the ocean right now. It is that Atlantic. bad. And I'm I'm wondering, I, I'm going to get a poll up here once we uh, get involved, because we got a lot to break down here on the postcast. Your team every day, whether it's 1 o'clock in the morning and they've just lost again, or whether it's, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're here every day. It's all good. And with that said, are you embracing the tank? Like, that's the question I'm going to ask the chat in a poll. I need to see the results. At what point do you actually start embracing it and say, let's go get a top five pick? Because right now it is so broken and we keep hearing, look, Steve Stavos wants to make a trade. He wants to add guys who play the right way. Well, the good news is they're likely going to add two guys who play the right way in the next week and a half in Matthew Joseph, who's expected to be back from injury against Calgary in their next game, and Shane Pinto, two guys who will help the lineup. There's no question. But until Josh Norris for is my top example, a complete liability tonight, I would say. Not even a non-factor like he's been recently. A liability. He goes 13% in the dot. Has yeah. two shots, one of which he just completely fanned on. I'm shocked it even made it to the net. Like That was an uninspired perimeter performance from him. Thomas Shabbat still slowing everything down. Now, at what point do you say, oh, he just got back from injury? And what point you're like, Okay, you're making eight million bucks. You do absolutely nothing out there, and you can't keep the puck in on the power play. So I, I'm I'm really disappointed with the top guys. Another night where Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk combined for zero goals. So that's yeah. what two goals combined in the last 16 games for them. Like 
it's just uninspired from the guys who need to be the best players for this team to have success. Yeah, and that's just it. And that's when you have guys like Parker Kelly stepping up and having good games. Ridley Gregg stepping up and and playing better than a lot of these guys. Uh, I mean, luckily, Claude Giroux was able to come back after he gets high-sticked in the face there. I was worried that uh, he was going to miss at least the rest of the game, if not more time. So luckily, he comes back because he's been good as of late. But yeah, I'll go back to it, Ross. Un- uninspired effort from a lot of the top guys, and you rattled off uh, a lot of those guys, and I, w- I would agree. Not a good enough performance tonight from all three of those guys you mentioned, and or four even. I thought Timmy had a good start to the game, a couple good chances, but man, this guy's got the yips when it comes to shooting the puck. Like It just seems like he can't decide just to get it off, and by the time he decides to shoot it in a good scoring opportunity – the goalie is kind of already square and set and is able to read the play and make a good stop as uh, Stuart Skinner was able to do a couple times early with Timmy. So I don't know what's going to get him just to have that confidence and, and let it rip a little quicker. As we saw, he almost got 40 goals last year and he's on pace for like 15 this season. So something's up there. And uh, hot lunch who must be fired up because he's been banging the Parker Kelly is my homeboy yes, drum. Time. For quite some time, uh, he must be fired up about that. But he just tweeted in the chat, and we're going to watch afterwards. So we'll talk about it Monday on Locked On Senders. Brady Kachuk's on After Hours right now, and he just referenced the 2019 St. Louis Blues nice. winning the Cup when they're last. Uh, I don't think they lost the first couple games in the new year. I think that we're beyond that time. I don't think frame. they started a three-game losing streak. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, well, the delusion, at least it extends beyond the fan base. Ottawa was just voted the most delusional fan. So at least the players are delusional too. I mean, you have to be to have any sort of hope in this team. And uh, Ross, I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to reaching for that panic button. Uh, Dude, come on. It, it's on, it's on its way. Like there's, they're running out of time and they're not even halfway done this season here. I'm more excited about what trades are going to happen than I am about what wins are coming. Like, yeah, I'm not even talking about wins yet. No, they, they haven't won in 2024, right? Yeah, they haven't won since last year. They came back from Sweden with an eight and seven record. And they have six wins in 20 games since. And we were nervous about that eight and seven record. Like that wasn't good enough in our in our mind. Like, oh, to go back to those days. The power play is what's most concerning to me. Special teams in general, Ross. Like, you can't have an over and allow them to go for two for three. Now, mind you, the Oilers, that's a good power play. But, like, how you're already 32nd in the league in penalty kill percentage. Like, how much lower, how much worse can this get? Miguel has it uh, nailed. I'm upset and you're exhausted. We're each holding 50% of the Ottawa Senators' experience. Now, how did the Ottawa Senators get here tonight? Well, you look at the stats at the end of the day. They're not great, but they're not awful. Sure, the shot clock skewed. 46 for Edmonton, 31 for the Ottawa Senators. This is where the game, I mean, it's won and lost with these power plays. We mentioned it was a four-minute man advantage in the first period where they didn't generate momentum. They didn't generate opportunities. It was just a big turd. Awful. Doesn't get any worse than that. They go 0 for 3 in the game. They get that, you know, gifted, you know, makeup call because we'll, we'll get to it. That that first goal was going to be 0-0 going into the third period. That was the feel of the game. Artem Zub gets called for a, a complete non-call. If anything, Connor McDavid should have got a holding the stick penalty there for, yeah. for re- like, throwing away Zub's stick because it, it almost looked like he could have gotten a holding penalty unless McDavid was as fast as he was because he didn't allow time for, you know, the play to, to reach the boards. But after that, then they score on the ensuing power play. Jake Sanderson could not clear the puck. He made a great move to give himself space and opportunity to clear the puck, but he put it right on the tape of the Oilers player at the blue line. Bang, bang. It's in the back of the net. One, nothing Oilers there. And then they score on the power play that really put the puck, put the game away. Uh, You can see the photo of that third goal that uh, really just, you know, leaves you shaking your head. So two for three on the power play, the Edmonton Oilers, they dominate in the dot 59.6%. They, they get the edge in the five on five shot share. Now the hits were 27, 14 Ottawa pills. I got my notes. They were talking how the hits were 12 to two after the first period. That's because Ottawa was chasing the game. 
Anton exactly. Forsberg, brilliant, except for that stinker he let in that ultimately ends up being the game winner. So Ottawa gets 27 hits, Edmonton 14, each team with 15 block shots. So I can't wait for Ottawa to bang the drum of how great they were at blocking shots tonight. But uh, yeah, Billsy, uninspired, disappointing. I mean, you want to get into the power play? Like, how would you change it to make it effective at this point? Well, first off, like you mentioned, that first unit has lost the the privilege to stay together. Like, you, you just simply can't keep tossing them out there like that. Um, a lot, a lot of it still is the the way they break into the zone, and I was noticing it. Like, what are the Senators doing constantly? Just dumping it in and letting Stuart Skinner, Skinner handle it. And then it's an easy clear for the Oilers. Like they did that two or three times where it's just a, a dump in that's not tough enough for Skinner to stop or no forechecker pressuring him enough to make him hesitate and hopefully get a turnover or at least create some chaos. Like it's just, it's like a pass to Stuart Skinner behind the net, the dumping it in like that. So I was pretty disappointed about that. And I thought they were doing a little bit better with puck possession when they were in the zone. Like they were able to connect a couple passes and at least try to uh, tire and wear down those penalty killers on the Oilers. But again, that's setting a low bar. Like you need to be doing better than connecting on a few passes and tiring guys down if you're going to have success on the power play. So if this special teams doesn't change in, I don't even actually Ross, I don't even know what's worse. Sure, the penalty kills last in the league, but the power play is just so abysmal and there's not even like momentum being gained on it that it's almost as bad as the penalty kill. So if these special teams aren't going to get any better, this team has no hope in clawing their way back here. Well, after scoring on their first power play following the coaching change, right? They're one for one. Since then, they're two for tw- they're uh, two for twenty-five on the power play. That's that's easily in the bottom three in the league. I think the Oilers were on a bit of a drought before this game. I want to say the Oilers were like two for 25 uh, heading really? into this one. I, I think Even I thought they... I saw that stat, unless that was the Sens stat, honestly. It might have been the Sens stat, because I mean, they've yeah. won six straight. There's no chance. Oh, no, you're you're actually right. Heading into this game, they were oh, okay. two for 23. Look at yeah, you. okay, so I was close. Yeah, uh, what a what a way to bounce back. You get to go up against the literal worst penalty-killing percentage team in the league. That's how you get back on track as a power play. Sheesh. Wow. I would, I would start by moving the personnel. I tweeted this out as well um, right after the first period. So it was still 0-0 at this point. And look, there's a couple parts of it that for me could be interchangeable. But ultimately, that first unit, I want to see Claude Giroux on the first unit like doesn't that just feel like like it it's kind of egregious that he's not on the first unit with his power play i want to say and you know what i'm gonna pull this up we could go back to 2010 i want to say since 2010 Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure only evgeny malkin has more power play points than claude Giroux. i pulled this up pretty quickly hey pilsy power play points since the start of the 2010 season this is a span of 13 years Alex Ovechkin has 357 power play points. Okay. Claude Giroux has 355. Two left. Oh, wow. Second in the National Hockey League. Third is Steven Stamkos. Fourth is Sidney Crosby. Fifth is Evgeny Malkin. You ever heard of those guys being on the second unit? Yeah, that is wild now that you pull that up. It, it is wild. And I know, like, Initially, it was the idea that let's spread some of the talent along and let's have Giroux kind of be like the the coordinator for that second unit. But when that first unit is so damn bad, I don't know, maybe try putting one of the highest producing power play point guys in the last 13 years. Give it a try, maybe. And just it's so unbelievable. I had to pull it up so everybody can see that I'm not gassing it up. This is a, this is just a matter of fact. And yeah, wow. he's played a few extra games than a few of those guys, but credit to him for playing those extra games. So Gotta be available. Um, I, I need to see Claude Giroux playing his, his offside setting up just where he is on the second unit, but move him up to the first. And I sure. want to see Tim Stutzla taken off of that, that wing, because it makes no sense. He's already hesitant with making plays right now. And I think he's too much in his own head about that. And that's something that you kind of want to understand, but moving him to the middle as almost the floater, you can move down low, you can move up top. You can kind of be all over the place. I think would give him a little bit more flexibility in making plays 
And then the trigger man needs to change. Josh Norris, I just mentioned, he's probably my most disappointing player over this, this tough stretch right now since Sweden. And yeah, he had goals in five straight games. Like he, he had, he had yeah. goals in five straight games. He was hot to for a bit end there. the year. He had his little hot streak, but when he, he has no B game. If he's yeah. not scoring, he has no B game right now. He used to be a, a reliable two-way player. He's not. So he needs to be off the first unit. So I'm putting Jacob Chikrin up there because at least he gives you a shooting option. And they don't have that right now. So I have Chikrin on the right side. I have Stutzel in the middle and Giroux on the left side. Of course, Brady Kachuk's going to be net front. He's going to be that every game that he's available to play for the Ottawa Senators. And Thomas Shabbat, I know some people say that we're too hard on him, but he's just been a non-factor to me. So he's moving down to the second unit. I have Jake Sanderson up top there. Then my second unit, I have Tarasenko, Batherson in the middle. And Batherson's almost like, hey, you're you're keeping Stutz on the top unit. So he's the guy who I don't think really deserves the demotion, but alas, he's the guy who gets it. And then I have Shabbat there. Kubelik, you could put Ridley Gregg there. I mean, next week, that'll be Shane Pinto's spot, uh, which will be a welcome uh, re-addition. But like, I'm willing to try anything, but this is how I would set it up personally. Yeah, I would do pretty similar to what you got there, Ross. I like that little rundown you did, but I would probably have Greg uh, net front instead of Kubelik. That would be the one change I'd make. Yeah, that's fine. Greg was one of the best players on the ice tonight, I thought, for the Ottawa he Senators. He got rewarded with it, getting to play with Brady and uh, Kelly. Yes, he did. What what a line. One of the funniest yeah, lines in wild. the league. And uh, Ottawa went 11-7 tonight, Pilsy. But here's a little stat for you. Uh, Mark Kostelik, back in the doghouse. Three minutes and 11 seconds. They're already going 11-7. Casty played three minutes and 11 seconds in this game. Wow. You know what he went in the face-off dot? I need to pull up how many he took, but I'll tell you the percentage. Zero. Oh, damn. That's so unlike Casty. Wow. Zero. In the faceoff dot, 0 for 2. So only had two opportunities. I mean, he only played three minutes. And in that three minutes, you could argue that he was a part of costing them the game because it was a bad line change from that fourth line. And I was almost surprised to see them get that opportunity at the start of the third period. And it ends up being the game winner. It made it 2 nothing at the time. But look, the, the third period started. They went with the, the line, and I tweeted this out because I found it so interesting that the way they rolled out the, the four lines to start the third period. Yeah, Ridley Gregg went out there with Brady Kachuk and Parker Kelly. Then they had Kubalik up on the wing with Stutzla and Giroux. Then it was Norris, Tarasenko, and Batherson, followed by Kostelik, Kubalik, double shifting, and Zach McEwen. So what does that line do? They get hemmed in their zone and then a face-off soon after, and they keep them on. So last change to the Oilers, what do they do? They put the McDavid line out there. Of, of course. course they Why do. wouldn't you? Yeah. But they Ottawa still gets a clear, and Kubalik is hounding the puck carrier. I believe it was Evan Bouchard. And then he sees that his two line mates, McEwen and Kostelik, are leaving the ice together to go change. So he peels off of Bouchard, and allows him to spin and look up ice, and then it's a two-on-one. And, I mean, it's still a soft goal on Forsberg, but the way that the play developed was all... I would say Kubelik's probably the number one guy to blame there because if he just pressured Bouchard and made him go back, then the new guys will have time. What an awful dash for Parker Kelly to eat because, I mean, he's playing a great game. He and then he, he gets out there, and, and he's already chasing Dan Hyman, who just puts a puck on net, and it's in the back. So... Just, uh, I mean, a comedy of errors. It's those details of the game, Pilsy, and uh, that's an example that I'm sure will be on video tomorrow. Well, and Ross, that's just goes along with the pattern and the trend that we're noticing with this team. Sure, if you just watch the TSN highlights, you're looking at that and being like, "Oh man, Forzy lets that one slip through. That's the game winner. That's that's the story of the game." But if you take a look at it and zoom out, rewind, like you just did. All these bad bounces and all these kind of bad goals that are happening to these goalies, sure, at a first glance, they're bad goals. But they're happening because of simple breakdowns where if you just have a guy, like you mentioned, low bar, just pressure a little bit longer in the offensive zone and you can stop an entire great chance from happening and then Forzi doesn't have to make that save to begin with. So it's those kinds of details that when you have those mental lapses and you make poor decisions like that over and over and over and over again, the skilled guys on other teams are going to capitalize. And that is what's happening night in and night out. 
and the Ottawa Senators are paying the price for it. The Senators lose tonight 3-1 to the Edmonton Oilers. We'll have some Send Central standouts and get in to more about, well, the long-term future and the short-term. How do you get out of this current funk that the Senators find themselves in? They've lost three in a row. They've lost four of five. They've lost, like, how far do you want me to keep going? They've, lo- they've lost uh, 10 of their last 13. Like, I could do this all day. They've also lost 14 of their last 20 games. But you know what makes me feel good? No matter how bad things get, I always feel good at the Glebe Central Pub. The postcast is always brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You know how much we love our friends there. They're great people. They serve great food. They have ice-cold, tasty drinks, and they always make sure that the atmosphere is a place that you want to be at the Glebe Central Pub. So make sure you go visit them right in the heart of the Glebe. You can find them, as we mentioned, 779 Bank Street. What's really cool, too, with uh, PWHL Ottawa coming in, it's the perfect place to go grab a pint, grab a bite right before you head down to TD Place to watch those games. You can also get the Send Shuttle from the Glebe Central Pub for $17 round trip to and from the CTC. That's a great deal. Susan, awesome awesome bus driver she knows all the side routes if the queensway gets busy you're not in trouble you're in good hands at the glebe central pub so leave your keys at home and go take the glebe central pub shuttle 17 dollars to and from the ctc you can buy your tickets online glebecentralpub.com right in the heart of the glebe go visit them tasty food great drinks awesome atmosphere glebe central pub let them know that locked on senators sent you This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, Sleeper is the official daily fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network, and it's the top choice for all daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey. That's why we love Sleeper. Big prizes available, and we love them because their app is awesome for group chats. You can let your buddies know you got a big week, talk some smack, and you can see how that plays out for you. And time is money, so entries can be made in just under a minute. That's the Sleeper way, and with studs like Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, Guys like these all around the leagues, all you got to do is pick stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You guys heard me 100 times payout on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details only available in the U.S. for now. Tick, 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 boom. Welcome back to the postcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside a new one. Brandon Pillar. I need to bring some sort of entertainment to the table, Pillsy, because we just watched another game that was short on that standpoint. The Ottawa Senators, as we mentioned, we've already pulled this up. They lose 3-1. Zach Hyman gets a hat-trick. Pillsy, how sick of Zach Hyman do you think Anton Forsberg is? If you recall last February, uh, yeah. Zach Hyman, incidental play. If anything, it was the other guy in this picture, Travis Hamanick, who pushed Zach Hyman into Anton Forsberg, uh, tearing both of his MCLs, but he's got to just be rolling his eyes seeing that Hyman has three goals in tonight's game. Yeah, that's the last guy he wants to see uh, causing havoc and getting all over the stat sheet. Not that anything Hyman did was uh, malicious, but just just in general, that's some PTSD for Anton Forsberg probably. But hey, Ross, you know, We were very hard on the goalies a little while ago. That was kind of our main points is this goaltending has to be better, which it did and continues to have to be better. But you look at the past two games up against Seattle and Edmonton, the goalies have not been the problem. If anything, they've been bright spots. Sure, there's uh, there's a goal tonight that you want back if you're Forzy, but I mean, 46 shots and uh, the way the Oilers dominated most of this game uh, as far as shots go. That was a good night for Anton Forsberg. So the blame the goalies crew, or at least that argument for the time being, the last two games, that's not an option to lean on that crutch here. And ironically, Anton Forsberg typically plays his best hockey when he has more than 40 shots or more than, let's say, more than 30. This is the fourth time this season that Anton Forsberg has faced more than 30 shots. And funny enough, got three wins in those three games until tonight he had 33 saves against the new york rangers he had 39 saves in that shutout against the seattle kraken and last week had 45 saves against the buffalo sabers on new year's eve so this is his first loss when facing more than 30 shots faced 46 of them 
he made, well, he, sorry, face 45 because there's the empty netter on there. So he made 43 saves. Anton Forsberg was certainly not the problem. But again, the softie game continues for the yeah. Ottawa Senators. Aaron in the chat put a, a stat in that's a very damning stat. And that's the fact that the Ottawa Senators' standings have been very much affected by poor goaltending. Now, Tim wants to bring up the return of the DeBrinket trade. Ooh, they still have the first-round pick. <laughs> hey, Donovan, Donovan Sabrango got a lot of miles left on that career. He's got hey, he had his first uh he got his first uh point with the Belleville Sense today. I'll talk about that on Monday because I'm gonna try to go maybe for a period tomorrow. But I got to see uh, a quick in and out of uh Belleville winners of five straight. We gotta say, and yeah, Tim, for that we'll spin. We'll spin, we'll spin a few times for that. You'll you'll spin five times. You wanna spin for that. I'm ready to I'm ready to spin. No, no, we're not spinning yet. First is is Pillsy. No, I don't do they... mean right now, I just mean in general, in, in uh, general sense of the term, like a lifestyle choice, I will be spinning the tankathon spin. My head's spinning, spinning right now, Pillsy, of how they're going to get out of this funk. Like, is is there a way? I know Brady's delusional. He thinks that they're going to go on a 2019 St. Louis Blues. Like, does he think that Craig Berube's walking in the room tomorrow? <laughs> I don't think he thinks that. No. Uh yeah, Ross, they're in a funk, and... It's like multiple games, though, right? Claude Giroux said they're just a few bounces away from winning 10 straight. Now Brady Kachuk's bringing up a Stanley Cup champion team. Playoffs? Like... <laughs> like I actually, I actually... And think about it. They've won six games in their last 20 since Sweden. Pilsy. Oh. Two of those three games. Wait, three? Yeah, two? No, because you guys postcasted, I joined you my first day. I was going to say, like, three of them were during the postcast break, kind of. I know. We we missed two wins. I can't believe we did that. We might not get two wins for a long time here. Oh, my goodness. It's the star players have to be playing better. I mean, I'm going to keep coming back to that, Pillsy. Like, I, I, I've been going through it, and I, I, I took it off so I could go and find uh, Claude Drew's power play points since 2010. What a random thing. Uh, I, I almost wanted to see if I could keep pulling it up. But no, all jokes aside, um, since the coaching change, they just haven't gotten enough out of their top players. Like, it, it's that simple. Is it not? Like, you you, yeah. you live and die with your best players. And in, in eight, like, they have an eight-game sample size now, Pilsy. Like, it's not like this happened yesterday. Or have they even added on? Maybe they haven't even added on uh, tonight's game, have they? Because Arizona was the first one. So, no, they haven't added on. They're three and six. So, even still, only Parker Kelly scored a goal tonight. So, with nine games played, Claude Giroux has one goal. Like He's got five assists. He has one goal for Claude Giroux. One goal for Tim Stutzla. Two goals for Brady Kachuk. Like, that's four goals from what was your top line last year in nine games. It's not going to cut it. And then Parker Kelly was the goal scorer of last game, the only goal scorer. So, like, Parker Kelly, back to back Parker games Kelly. where Parker Kelly is your only goal scorer. Parker Kelly is, is tied with Josh Norris for the second most goals since the coaching change with three. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. Like, to, to try to, again, to be grasping at straws, which is what we're, we're led that's our only option at this point. We've kind of exhausted looking at this from all angles. Maybe you're going from a point where DJ Smith was so kind of easygoing and, uh, you know, run and gun style game, dump and chase, like a very different type of game than Jacques Martin is trying to get these guys to play. Maybe you're going from one extreme to another so quickly that now all these guys that had that offensive jump, are just so focused on the defensive side of the game more or trying to focus on the defensive side of the game more that at this point, they're not able to find ways to generate offense while being much better defensively than they had been. So maybe it's a feeling out process where before it was, it was too much on offense and now it's too much on defense and they have to find some sort of way to meet in the middle. I don't know, Ross, like I'm just, I'm just grasping at, at stuff here, trying to decide if there's any way that we can look at this that can give us some hope that it is, in fact, time and games in hand that will end up uh, at least giving this team a boost. But 
again, this is just desperation. What happens first, Pelzi? A trade with an NHL player coming back, and I'm not counting Joseph, and I'm not counting Shane Pinto. An outside player coming in, okay. or Jacques Martin making a major because even in practice, like they outside of Eric Branch, you're moving up to forward. Like there hasn't been an obvious demotion of a guy in the top six. No, not really. What's going to happen first? I want to lean towards uh, Jacques Martin demoting someone just because, Ross, like it's tough to get deals done in today's climate if you're a general manager. So many teams are up against the cap, and teams know right now Ottawa's desperate. Uh, They know they got expiring deals. Like I'm really not sure how they're going to make a trade happen, especially now that it's very public that they're they're looking to do that, so they're kind of losing a bit of leverage here. So I'm going to say they got to try to fix things in-house. Like before you go and try to get other guys to bring in to shake things up, you got to try to shake things up internally. And we haven't seen that at all from DJ Smith, the previous uh, coaching kind of era. So Jacques Martin, he's got to try to like, he's already tried something bold. You mentioned bringing Branson to, as a winger. So maybe try for something that has a little more lasting power that impacts players that have a little bit more uh, leverage in the room. So I'm going to go with that. Well, I'm glad you opened that door, Pilsy. That brings you to another question. Who gets made an example of? Yeah, I, I got to think it, it's going to be one of the top guys. Like it has to be, if it's just a, another kind of middle six or bottom six guy, I'm not seeing it. It's got to be a guy with a longer deal. Like I, I'm probably looking at at a Josh Norris, uh, maybe to elevate Ridley Gregg, give Ridley Gregg uh, kind of a reward for how he's played. That's probably the guy I'm going for. Yeah, yeah, that's what Me I'm too. saying, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Other people are saying uh, Tim Stutzla, and look, uh, he hasn't been the best, but he's also a guy like I, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like taking ice time away from him might just make it worse. And it's not going to help your team, right? That That's the thing. Like some of these decisions you have to make, sometimes it's short pain for long game. Like sure, maybe if you're benching Timmy or sitting him out, you're sending a message and it's going to hurt you one game, but it's going to help you further on. I don't know if that's the case. And sure, Timmy hasn't been himself and he can't buy a goal, even with that big new contract and those new paychecks. He can't shell out enough money to just get a goal going his way. Let me remind you, he still leads the team in points. And for a team that consistently loses, regardless of how you feel about him, taking your points leader off and playing him less might not be the recipe for success you're looking for. I'm so depressed typing the poll I just just put up. So go vote for it if you're watching on YouTube right now. You can always listen to the postcast as well the next day on any podcast platform. The question is, are you ready? to embrace a tank towards a top pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Pilsy doesn't even have his panic button out, so I'm not going to ask you that. It's on the way. It's on the way. Um, Brian, thank you very much. He can't believe we're here. Another rebuild question mark? No, I can't bring back the R word. And no, we're not rebuilding right now. We just suck. There's a difference. Let me make that clear. I'm not proud of it, but that that is the case. Uh, we can't even use the rebuild as a crutch. This team is just plain bad. I saw. Um, I saw just quickly. I want you to expand on that point more. I saw. I want to say it was Father <laughs> you do? Fin- <laughs> about how much we suck. Yeah, I do because okay. there's there's reasons for it. And yes, uh, Ron at Father Fanuf on Twitter. <laughs> this would have been an encouraging loss in 2019. You know what Big I mean? Time. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that's a good thing. tank loss back in the day. Doesn't hit the same. Yeah, to to answer quickly, I I'm not ready to start cheering for the tank yet, even though that's probably the smart thing to start doing. I just it hurts too much to go back to that place that we were in. It was a tough place. He's gonna get there eventually, obviously. But Alex asks, Pilsy, what's the point of a panic button if you push it too late? That's a fair question. And I look, I deserve the flack for holding off on the panic button, but 
I was trying to be optimistic. I was trying to think, okay, this team, it's not going to get, it's not going to keep getting that bad. They're going to, you know, win a game, lose a game, win two, lose. Like it, there's going to be ups and downs. This has been continuous downward trajectory. So I'm sorry, Alex. I should have pressed the panic button sooner. I should have followed the rest of the mob, but I'm I'm hopping in now. I'm I'm going to get the panic button. I'm going to press it emphatically on the show when it gets here. Yes, absolutely. Now, Will says, sit Kachuk, send a message to the team. I, I wouldn't go that far. That's a big message. Like, you're, that's your Hail Mary play, I think. When's the last time a captain was healthy scratched? I mean, uh, for non-trade reasons, let that also be an asterisk. Because I'm sure they probably scratched Horvat for a little bit when they were going to trade him to New York. This this question was asked by uh, by Devils Twitter in 2019 when they had Andy Green as their captain. Yeah, fair. Or uh, uh, Florida had Derek McKenzie as their captain for years, and I'm sure they scratched him once or twice. I have an answer. It's the Sens. No, Craig Rive was uh, was the last captain to be scratched, and he was eventually sent to the ECHL. So uh, I don't I don't think that. Is the case? I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not. We're. We're not doing this. We're not. We're not scratching Brady Kachuk. Should we put that as a debate on Twitter, Ross? Let's not do that. I wanted so badly for McDavid to have no points in Ottawa to win, so I could just ask the question if trading Connor McDavid could help. But with Tim Stutzel, I think that's Ottawa's answer to Connor McDavid, at least in terms of putting up points. And it just has not gone in for him. But again, he's a guy where I would hesitate to scratch him because at least he's still having chances. Josh Norris hasn't had a chance in how long? It's probably since his last goal, six games ago. And he's been set up for chances. He just, it, the, the trigger and the one-timer from his office that was just automatic in years past is it's not there. It's not there, and and then he's a perimeter player. Otherwise, he's disengaged in battles, and it's so frustrating because you have to assume that the injury is is either hindered his development or it's caused him to to double clutch on, on how much he can take. I don't know. I'm just speculating because he was such a reliable two-way player. He was strong defensively. He was winning battles. He was winning face-offs. He was doing all the things that you want to see a player do as a developing young up and coming centerman. So I, I just, he, he, and Bourne just put it in the chat. Norris has been invisible, invisible. Yeah. Making no $7.95 million. For what? Six more years or seven? Seven. Seven more years. Yeah. I'm getting. I'm getting nervous about how locked up everything is. I That used to be a major, major positive, and it still could be. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm All I'm saying, getting a little nervous. Few people wanting to get some spins. Tim, we're going to get you five spins easily. I might even get carried away with the spins because I told Pilsy on Friday's Locked On Senators podcast, I said, man, I started doing my prep. I started, oh. I just took a quick peek. You know, in Scott Wheeler's uh, World Junior uh, notebook, which is it's that and Ian Mendez, I mean, it's worth the price for the athletic. There's no question Big about time. that. Yeah. But when Scott Wheeler posted that notebook, yeah, I went to take a peek at Oscar Pedersen. I went to take a peek at Thomas Shamara. And then I kept scrolling until I saw the 2024 draft eligible guys and I read all of them. <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. <sighs> and that's where it seems a lot of the citizens are at, too. The poll so far, 64% through 120 votes are ready to embrace a tank. Now, it's not going to be a rebuild the way it was before. It's just not. You don't get why not? the... Why? Yeah. Because there's players here that individually are talented. It's about bringing them together. And to give up on the players is an indictment on your franchise. You have to put the right strategy in place and the right other pieces to make those players the best that they can be. I truly believe that if you send any of the the core players, and yeah, Norris is probably the most concerning right now due to the injury history, 
but all of the guys who are are like the the core of this team, the high picks, the guys who they're building around, I truly believe if you put them on other teams, they would be elite talents. So I think it's more of a Senators problem than a Jake Sanderson problem, than a Brady Kachuk problem, than a Tim Stutzler problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I just wanted to – I'm with you. I just wanted to hear your explanation. Um, I think what, there has to be one guy out. Like the, this has to be kind of a musical chairs of core players, and one guy's got to be left out, out of the party here. That's That's my opinion. They can't – They've been given enough time with all of them, albeit a lot of them are young here, but I don't think it's going to work with all these guys here, and I think you're going to have to split one of those big contracts up to either get help in goaltending or in your middle six. Alex makes a good point here, too, that eight times eight won't be as big of a contract. I mean, in a few years, it's going to be five times eight, four times eight, um, but with the cap going up, it's going to feel like less and less, right? Definitely. Percentage it's of the cap percentages, size. It's yes. A guy who's kind of gotten off the hook here from us is is Thomas Shabbat. Uh, another performance where I'm I'm caught scratching my head where it's like he has a high, high level top speed, but he very rarely uses it. Everything is about slowing the pace down, and I feel like it's hindering him. And then, I mean, the, the failed hold-ins at the blue line on the power play were just complete momentum killers tonight. Yeah, big time. The, the one I'm kind of putting on Norris a little bit more, he gave him a bouncing kind of... Yeah, with his mini bouncing sauce pass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I didn't love that. That's tough for spot there. But yeah, th- I, that's just trying to help him out a bit. I didn't think he have a, had a good game either. And Ross, part of me is giving him a bit of a leash here. The when he was explaining that last injury, what did he say? Is he hyperextended and like his bones like hit each other or something crazy? Brandon Pillar, not a doctor. Um, but it's, that sounded like something that maybe could hinder your skating ability, even when you're healthy. So I'll give him a bit of a leash when it comes to at least skating speed and maybe endurance, but the other stuff, like the way he's handling the puck, he's not able to do, I used to love Thomas Shabbat's ability to do that fake shot, smooth slide over pass to tee up Norris, but whether it's teams kind of getting smart to that and checking the game notes and knowing that that's that was a set play for the Sens for so long and they're able to cover it a bit better or he's just not able to do it at the same success rate as before. I'm not sure, but either way, you're not seeing that as much as we used to. This was a special teams loss tonight and I put that in the title and that's why we're kind of hammering home the point that the top players weren't good enough in tonight's game because the Senators at five on five were, were perfectly fine for a road game against a really good team. The Oilers are a really good team. Don't let their poor start tell you otherwise. They're they're going to be a playoff team, and they're going to be a tough out for anyone who plays against them. This wasn't an easy game tonight, but they played them as well as they could, especially, I mean, through the first two periods, and if their power play had come through with one goal on that, that four-minute advantage, yep. we're looking at a different game. Special teams let them down tonight. They go 0 for 3 on the power play, and they allow 2 out of 3. It's the, it's that simple at the end of the day. And it's frustrating because we're here kind of, you know, going with a fine tooth comb through everything that happens within the game. And certainly there are mistakes, but there's mistakes both ways. They just get so much hyper-focused when at the end of the day, it's another loss. And again, you, you're wondering for answers, but sometimes the answers are pretty simple and you have to look at the power play and the penalty kill which are both dead last in the league in the last month. It feels like, like I'm going to actually look that up right now since, since I mean, the penalty kill most likely is the power play has got to be near the bottom. Well, the power play, like they went one for six against Colorado, right? Like three and nine in the last 12. I just went to to a random spot here and um, yeah, they're well, no, it's probably a bit early for that. Do you remember the? Oh, I remember the exact date. It was Thursday, the 21st. So including, the Colorado game where they went one for six, the Senators power play. Okay. This is, this is the stat that, that I, I need. This is my, my piece de resistance stat of the night here Great. on locked on Senator. So typically, and, and Jim Taddy taught me this one when I was at TSN 1050, you want the power play and the penalty kill to add up to over a hundred for it to be good, right? Yeah. 25% 
on on the uh, power, power play, seventy five percent. You probably wanted a bit better, right? A bit more than a hundred. Either way, <laughs> including the Colorado game. So over the last eight games, right? So I could extend it to nine with the Arizona game, but whatever. They blew that in the third period late. Let's go with the last eight games. They have a eight percent power play, Pillsy. <laughs> 8.3. Math guy, how how good does the PK have to be for it to offset it? Got to be 81.7? No, you're 91.7. Math oh, guy. damn. Not a math guy. Uh, the penalty kill is at 64.3. Oh, oh, my God. So add those up, and uh, you're just over 70%. It's, uh, it's not good enough. Like LA Kings, right? The LA Kings power play is 5% during this span but they're killing off 89.5. So at least it's offsetting. The Ottawa Senators special teams are really ruining them. And that was one of the places that we were most confident in this team going into the season. Oh, they got two great units. They got two great units. Is it like a quarterback? If you got two units, you don't have one. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not like that. Um, yeah, it's wild that they're so bad at both of both of these. Like, yeah, typically one, at least you can lean on and the other one is not great and you got to work on it, but this is just bad at all angles, special team wise. Oh, people were wondering, and you know what? I will add, add the Arizona game in there, right? Why not? Why wouldn't I? The Ottawa Senators have the 28th ranked power play at 11.5% under their new coaching staff. Not telling you who runs the power play, but under their new coaching staff and uh, their penalty kill is 30th. So there you have it. That's that's the story of the last month. It needs to be better. It simply does. Pillsy, um, one more note, and then we'll get to... Actually, we got to do a Send Central standout presented by the Glebe Central Pub because there's at least two. There's at least two. Do you want the, the slam dunk? Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street. Go visit them. I, uh, I, I'm going to take Anton Forsberg. I know he had that goal you don't like, but we've been hard on the goalies and we are, we tout ourselves as a hashtag goalie friendly show. So if we're going to be hard on them when they're bad, we got to give them some credit when they're good. Yes. I know that, uh, that stinker that squeaks through is not good, but overall he played a great game. He kept uh, the team in it for most of it. It's not his fault. He can't get any goal support or just one goal, but it's too little too late. I thought he had some nice saves on uh, Vander Kane. He had some good saves on Connor McDavid. Chances that usually when McDavid has that time and space, he's able to bury. So I liked Forzy's game. I know I know he's not the slam dunk guy, but I want to give him some credit when he's good. We got to try to give these guys some confidence somehow. So that's one he can build off of. Okay, my Send Central standout tonight is easily Parker Kelly. One note we haven't said about Parker Kelly is that this was a homecoming game for Parker Kelly Camrose Alberta or sorry he's Canmore Alberta or Camrose I need to pull this up and Kevin was nice enough to find uh, Parker Kelly's brother is on Twitter um yeah like, I saw it's that. A, a, a small following there and he I want to give him some credit too here Ashton Kelly uh saying it's pretty surreal uh to watch his brother Parker playing his first time Camrose so I was right only one hour away from his hometown. And uh, it was a Snapchat video saying no Bucky in your hometown. That's gross. So uh, you love that. And and Parker Kelly was just awesome in tonight's game. So absolutely no fault of his that uh, this game didn't end up his way. And I tweeted out as well, like they're trusting him. And look, I know Matthew Joseph's been out a little bit that elevates certain guys in the lineup, but he's averaging over 13 minutes since Jacques Martin took over as head coach tonight. Parker Kelly played 1641, had five shots on goal, three hits, had the goal, was uh, was just a menace out there, and I love how he uses his speed. So Parker Kelly is my Send Central standout presented by the Glebe Central Pub. In the chat, we've got some people saying that the the wheel is one of the standouts tonight. We will get to the we'll wheel. We'll see if it's a standout. And by the way, I got to give a shout out to this. I saw some people in the YouTube comments doing this the other day too. Forzy, how have we never done that before? The the number four with the Z, that's it's, a sharp nickname. Yeah, it is good. I, I'm just realizing this recently as well. We, I'm down for that. Forzy, I like it. I like it. I like that. Always sends, asks, how can you fix this team? I mean, we're trying, man. We're trying. 
to break it down. Really is. Swanky Pants, is there such thing as an organizational rebuild affecting the on-ice game? That's It's a great question. Uh, Swanky Pants talking about how there's lots of change and no real meta-identity. haven't heard that word before. That's that's a big word right there. I like that. But meta. it has to be, right? But I feel like a lot of the changes are, are good for the players. I think they've rebuilt the, the lounge area. You know, they're they're getting their, their chef. There's no more quesadillas coming out of the, you know, <laughs> under the heat lamp. Box so quesadillas, yeah. I think, that, I think that maybe there is. But I also think that the ownership change, and you talk about it affecting the on-ice game poorly, I, I do think that the one kind of silver lining, if you even want to allow it, is that I think it's going to make it, and maybe this isn't what you want, but I don't think anybody's going to be demanding out, let's put it that way, because things didn't go well this year, because I think the long-term vision is going to be sold well from ownership and management that players are going to want to be a part of it. I'm, I'm truly, I believe that. And maybe I'm delusional about that, but I, I really do believe it. Maybe just to play devil's advocate on that, Ross, maybe all this change and uh, hearing Michael Anlauer and Steve Steo say, hey, we want stability, we want to keep the coach, we want to keep Pierre Dorian, we want a two-headed monster, seeing them say that and then have it change, maybe though that has the players being like, oh, crap, these guys are going to want to put their guys in place and shape this team to the way they want. They're not just going to hang on to what they've inherited because what they've inherited has been an ugly mess so far. So maybe some of the players, though, are thinking, yeah, I may have a big deal here, but I'm not their guy. They didn't draft me. They didn't yeah. give me this massive eight-year deal. I could be out just when I thought I was getting comfy and we thought we were going to be a locked-up core here. So it could have a bit of, uh, you know, back of your mind thinking like that for players as well. I'm not sure, but that would just be another angle I would look at. All right, fair enough. Uh, the other shout-out we want to give to, Belleville wins 3-1 today, and Boko Imama with maybe the fight of the year. And shout-out Tyrell Bauer, too, from the Manitoba Moose. Those guys went at it for over a minute. Pilsy, do you see even ESPN Sports Center tweeted out that clip and tagged Belleville Sens? That's a big day for Huge. footy and the, and the boys over with the B Sens. Yeah, that was uh, – I'd love if there were stats for this, but that's got to be up there in most – jabs thrown in a fight like they were they were chucking them but not like not a lot of haymakers they were winding up though before the quick pops like they were getting the quick pops in and both guys got their licks and uh, got some punches in as well but i mean it's one of those fights ross where sure maybe uh boko's got a couple scratches and bruises but he could just go back to anyone and see should have seen what the other guy looked like because that was a that was a bloody mess. Uh, I'm forgetting the other player's name, but uh, that Tyrell Bauer. Yeah, he, he got the worst of it. Yeah, and he's he's a tough kid too, for sure. Oh he's yeah, 20. absolutely. He he was paired. There. He was paired with Kevin Korchinski in uh, Seattle when they went to uh, I believe oh, the Mem Cup or whatnot. So he he's just had a junior as well in the last couple of years. He, he he's a player, late round pick, but uh, a Mark Mathot type, if you will. Uh, Pilsy, we'll talk more about Belleville on Monday. We do have to get to some spins for Tim and everyone in the chat. Just an update: we are through 170 votes and 66 percent are ready to embrace the tank. We will not be starting draft profiles until after the regular season ends, but certainly there are many storylines to watch about Steve Steos. What's his first move going to be? I keep hammering this fact home that the Senators have not added a player to the roster from outside the organization since Vladimir Tarasenko. So Steve Steos has not added a single player of his choice to the roster. So it'll be really fun to break down when that happens, how the style or the type of player is going to maybe dictate future moves. But yep. one thing that's certain, and Steve Steos said it again when he went on Edmonton radio yesterday. Of course, Steos, a longtime Edmonton Oiler, went to the Stanley Cup final with them in 2006 as a top four defenseman. But he keeps talking about how Claude Giroux is the leader on this team. Everyone needs to play more like Claude Giroux. So I keep seeing it, and it makes sense because he's 36 next week. But to me, he's a senator for the rest of his career, I, unless he decides otherwise. But based on his family situation, you know, just building the, the house and, and all that and being a leader, I, I don't – and he's got a year left after this. So if this was next year, maybe – but to me, Claude Giroux is going to be a part of the solution, not the problem. I think they want more people like Claude Giroux, 
not less. I think there's going to be a full court press to keep him, even if he went to them and was like, hey, I think I think that Steos can be like, hey, look, we're going to turn this thing around. Bear with us. Uh, that's what I believe. Maybe I'm, again, delusional, locked on delusion here, but uh, I, I truly believe it. So I'm curious to see who they're going to add. And maybe next week we'll have a show where we'll target some guys and say, how could they help the culture? How can they help the on-ice product of the Ottawa Senators? But tonight, it was another loss. 3-1, the final score. The Senators are now losers again. Mm-hmm. It's where we're, where we're used to being. You, you ready to do a spin? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, should note, the Senators are fourth right now. Games in hand be damned, right? Like, you're on board with that as well, right? Like, they're fourth last in points. They're fourth last in point percentage. Like, games in hand are over. They're gone. They're done. Yeah, yeah. The, it, yeah, it's over. They're 14 and 21 through 35 games. We're not even halfway through the season. Ross, I did not think we were going to see the Ottawa Senators with green numbers on Tankathon. No. This nine nine and a half percent chance at the first overall pick, Pilsy. First spin goes out to Tim. This is for you, Tim. Okay. I like that. Again, a lot of Western Conference teams there. We like that. Tim. Tim gets five spins. Let's let's hit Tim with a few more. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sends draft fourth. We we hate this. We hate this so much. This is this we is the that. worst, worst case scenario right here. Yes. Although Montreal likes to waste first overall picks. Worst case scenario, Pilsy. Montreal first, Tampa second for those listening. Third, we've got just a quick swap. San Jose and Chicago. Of course, Chicago gets first. They honestly have so many injuries right now, though. You almost have to shake your hand, sh- shake your head. But uh, okay, one more for Tim. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. We'll take it. Stop. So it took count. us took us five spins. Does that mean we just stop? I feel like it should be. Yeah, stop the count. Stop it we right there. It. I'm I'm gonna leave it right up. This is our Stanley Cup, everyone. This. Is the Stanley Cup? Yeah, let's celebrate about it. Shout, shout out, Chief Burr. We got losses in hand. Forget games in hand, man. We got losses. True. People don't even know we got those losses stacked up, ready to go. They don't get it. They don't get it. Shout out, Tim. Tim gets first overall pick for the Ottawa Attaboy, Senators, Tim. where they will select Mackling, Celebrini, and then they'll send him back for one more year at college, just or they'll just loan him. But I need to see, I need to see here. Here's how I'm going to spin zone. How bad Ottawa has been this year. We are going to get a grade a prospect at the world juniors that are taking place in Ottawa. Yeah, that is going to be awesome. (laughs) Just like they planned it. You know who won best defenseman at the world juniors the last time it was in Ottawa? Thomas. Nope. That was in Montreal. Monami. Ah, Who's the one before that? Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. Best defenseman in the 09 World Juniors. Some say the best World Juniors ever. Obviously had that Eberly moment. I want yeah. a moment. I want a moment at the CTC. That's going to be fun, Ross. We're going to that for sure. Oh, yeah. But I want a moment for the Ottawa Senators at the CTC. Yeah. Agreed. Ay, caramba. Pelzi, give me some final thoughts on this one. A 3-1 loss for the Ottawa Senators against the Edmonton Oilers. The road trip continues on Tuesday when the Sens visit Calgary. And stay tuned because Matthew Joseph, if he's ready to come off the injured reserve, the likely move or the move that would require the least amount of juggling would be Crookshank sent down, Smakal sent down, and then they would be to the penny at the cap. Love it. That's that's how you run an organization right there. It was uh, it was to be fair to the current management group, they didn't create this cap situation. No, they certainly didn't. Um final thoughts for me is uninspiring effort from the Ottawa Senators. Parker Kelly is your best player and your only goal scorer in back-to-back games. Here we are. Here we are again. A 3-1 loss. Your Ottawa Senators. 
on Monday. We'll break it down a little more. I'm almost nervous to text math and be like, hey, man, want to come talk about the sends? But we'll get we're going to have to get the bleep button out for that one, Ross. Oh, yes, we will. (laughs) And I hope we do, because the senators deserve a lashing here of is this what you want to be or do you want to be a team that wins? hockey games we'll have plenty of time to discuss this appreciate everyone for joining us it's so late and uh it really means a lot to us that you guys continue to support the show you can do that by following us on twitter at send central you can do that on instagram locked on dot senators please subscribe to the show on youtube it also helps us out when you comment and share and steal your partner's phone steal your parents phone steal any of your friends phones and make sure to subscribe to Locked On Senators, but we truly do appreciate each and every one of us and every one of you from us. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been another edition of the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Make sure you head to the Glebe Central Pub at 779 Bank Street and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. You can also check them out, GlebeCentralPub.com. $17 gets you round trip on the shuttle to and from the CTC for a full list of games, go to GlebeCentralPub.com. Let's get some go sends go in the chat. We'll talk to you on Monday on another edition of the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.